0: Welcome to day 186 of Shaped by the Word. Paul Kemp here with David Keefe and Cindy Kemp. Mm-hmm. And we are continuing in the letter, uh, the first letter that Paul wrote to Timothy. Different quality of letter. These are letters written to young men who have become dear to Paul and have served alongside him in the gospel. Um, he's uh, passing uh, the ministry on to a, a new generation. He's placed him in difficult circumstances. Uh, he knows he may soon uh, be leaving them forever and uh, the ministry will be passed on to a new generation so he not only challenges them in their personal godliness he also challenges them in in how to conduct affairs in the church what is important to the church and foundational to the church and certainly as we come you know to chapter three uh, the leadership of the church is, is the the most foundational thing and it's built not on men who are you know great at business or men who you know show excellent you know gifts in, in the world. it is built on men who have deep godly character. And so we pick up in chapter three uh, with a description of what it means to be an elder uh, to lead and direct the affairs of the church, what it means to be a deacon uh, to serve in practical ministries throughout the church. So before we dig in, why don't we offer this moment to the Lord in prayer? So Cindy, do you mind lifting us up? No. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for um, time in your word. And we would just ask, Father, that you would um, teach us even now um, by your spirit, Lord, the things that we need to, to know, the things that might encourage us, or the things, Father, that we need to, to see by conviction, Lord. So just be with us um, and teach us. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Here is a trustworthy saying, whoever aspires to be an overseer desires a noble task. Now the overseer is to be above reproach, faithful to his wife, temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not given to drunkenness, not violent but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own family well and see that his children obey him, and he must do it in a manner worthy of full respect. If anyone does not know how to manage his own family, how can he take care of God's church? He must not be a recent convert, or he may become conceited and fall under the same judgment as the devil. He must also have a good reputation with outsiders so that he will not fall into disgrace and into the devil's trap. The same way deacons are to be worthy of respect, sincere, not indulging in much wine, and not pursuing dishonest gain. They must keep hold of the deep truths of the faith with a clear conscience. They must first be tested, and then if there is nothing against them, let them serve as deacons. The same way the women are to be worthy of respect, not malicious talkers, but temperate and trustworthy in everything. The deacon must be faithful to his wife and must manage his children and his household well. Those who have served well gain an excellent standing and great assurance in their faith in Christ Jesus. Although I hope to come to you soon, I'm writing to you these instructions so that if I am delayed, you will know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and foundation of truth. Beyond all question, the mystery from which true godliness springs is great. He appeared in the flesh, was vindicated by the Spirit, was seen by angels, which preached among the nations and believed on in the world, was taken up into glory. The Spirit clearly says that in latter times some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared as with hot iron. Forbid people to marry and order them to abstain from certain foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and who know the truth. For everything God created is good and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving because it is consecrated by the word of God in prayer. If you point these things out to the brothers and sisters you'll be a good minister of Christ Jesus nourished on the truth of the faith and of good teaching that you have followed have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly for physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. This is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. That is why we labor and strive, because we have put our hope in the living God, who is the Savior of all people, and especially of those who believe command and teach these things. Do not let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech and conduct and love and faith and purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of scripture, to preaching and to teaching. Do not neglect your gift which was given you through prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you be diligent in these matters give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress watch your life and your doctrine closely persevere in them because if you do you will save both yourself and your hearers and a wonderful section that uh, moves you know from uh the foundational leadership in the church or the foundational servants of the church as well and uh moves deeply into the challenging times that we we live in knowing that people uh, will follow all kinds of winds of doctrine and be distracted in all kinds of ways. <laughs> but Timothy is to watch his life and his doctrine closely so that everybody can see him growing in the faith. And if he does so, he, he not only will save himself, but also his his hearers. Mm-hmm. Of course, we're not talking about salvation in the final sense. We're talking about the continuing salvation that comes to us you know, as we grow and as we mature you know, in Christ Jesus. So what are some of the things that stand out as you guys read this?
1: What an opening line. Whoever aspires to be an overseer desires a noble task. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And what a huge task it is, right, to lead the church and to care for the church and to train up other men to help do the same. And so I love that even though he talks about how big of a task that's going to be and potentially difficult, he, he lays out so clearly the types of men to look for for that task and and not
0: everybody you know not everybody will be an elder not everybody is qualified to be an elder but there uh, there ought to be you know a sense of aspiring to greater and greater maturity and Mm -hmm. aspiring to greater and greater usefulness within the body of Christ Mm -hmm. you know not just to have a relationship you know that reflects on you know, your personal growth and your personal quiet time and things like that, but deeply investing in others, as Paul has taught us in all of his other letters, to see them come to maturity in Christ as well. And of course, the foundation of that is, is uh, relational integrity. Mm. Uh, you see it in the, his wife and in his children, his reputation, you know, with outsiders, um, and his you know, reput- you know, reputation inside the church. Is to have a long pattern of this, not just to yeah. you know, be somebody who's you know recently shown up on the scene and looks godly from the outside, but uh, these are to be people that are known deeply, you know, for this kind of character and this kind of consistency over a over a long period of time.
1: Well, that's the thing that stands out to me is, you know, when you look at these lists and even looking at my own life, like it would take a long time, I think, for someone to potentially begin to really know these things about me um, and what Mm -hmm. an intimate kind of relationship that is to really have for someone to know you on some of these levels about how you are at your family and with your wife Mm -hmm. and with your kids and how you are with outsiders and Mm -hmm. how you handle your money and and are you violent or are you gentle are you quarrelsome I mean those are long patterns of, of getting to see the heart of who these men are and so I love that Paul gives us kind of permission to to enter into that, you know.
0: It's mm-hmm. certainly more than just a Sunday morning. It's it's a no, deep it's, community are, Yeah, life not things together. you can see on a mm-hmm. Sunday morning worship service or in a right. even in a small group, you mm-hmm. know. These are only things that, uh, you know, as life gets difficult and his life gets tense, you know, that you you begin to see, you know, you begin to see you know character manifesting itself. Mm-hmm. And, of course, because the church is a family, you know, that whole line, he must manage his own family and well and see if his children obey him, must do so in a manner worthy of full respect, which is, is kind of interesting. You know, see to it that your children obey you is one thing. Mm-hmm. Doing so in, in a manner that engenders their respect, mm-hmm. you know, is something you know, altogether different. Yeah. But it's the same thing that, you know, Paul's been talking about in husband and wives and children. Don't exasperate your children. In other words, lead them in a way uh you know that they are joyfully turning to the gospel and joyfully uh loving you and loving your leadership. And that's not to mean that every interaction with your kids is gonna be pleasant all the time, but the, the overall the overall sense of it should be that they're deeply in love with you and deeply in love with the gospel because of
1: you. Yeah. No, and even I mean you see as well, like, why is Paul taking the time to labor over all these what these men should look like and what these deacons should look like. And and we see that, you know, he even says, you know if I'm delayed, I want you to know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and foundation of the truth. Mm -hmm. And so I love getting to see Paul's, you see he has a huge heart for the local church, which is why he cares so much to make sure that this is who we're looking for and, and, and instructing Timothy and who to look for? In case he can't make it, he still wants him to know man, look for these things. Because, man, this is God's church. You know, this is a this is a really big deal. And so, love seeing all this rooted in the heart for the church.
0: Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you have the difference between elders and deacons. Elders are, you know, overseeing you know the general you know, direction of the church. They are shepherds, um, you know, building into God's people. You know, first and foremost. Uh, and then uh, deacons are those that are just going to do the practical ministries of the church. And so, uh, the one difference you know between you know elders and deacons is probably they're the one that stands out the most. You know, is the 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 whole idea of you know being able to teach. You don't necessarily have to be able you know have mm-hmm. gift of teaching or the gift of exhortation. You know, to be a deacon, uh, these are practical ways you serve, but
1: mm-hmm.
0: character is still the foundation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So even the people who do greeting ministry or even the people who do children's ministry mm-hmm. or even the people you know who are doing you know practical ministries of the church remember originally you know the task of deacons was just to distribute food mm-hmm. but still in acts they're called to be full of the holy spirit and full of wisdom and of course all of these things are you know indications that they are because everyone who represents the church whether it's on a platform or whether it's you know serving behind the scenes, is to represent the heart of the gospel and the heart of who Christ is. And then, of course, another you know difference between the two is uh, the office of deacon speaks you know uh, uh, is is not only it seems you know open you know to uh, men but also open to women, mm-hmm. which is probably what it means you know in in, in verse eleven. In the same way, mm-hmm. the women are to be worthy of respect. There are uh, women who in Paul's letters are called. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the the word servants which mm-hmm. uh diaconus, which is the word deacon here and could either be you know formal or informal and uh, then you have uh, you know the, these two offices you know kind of coming together but one is you know the overall upfront leadership and the other is behind the scenes leadership mm-hmm. you know that's painted painted in these and of course we've already said that one of the features you know of Paul's letters as he transitions between sections is with these wonderful Christ hymns. Mm-hmm. So you have, you know, verse 16, you know, in chapter three, you know, being one of those, uh, he says, beyond all question, the mystery from which true godliness, you know, springs, is great, uh, and as he appeared in the flesh, the incarnation was vindicated by the spirit and was seen by angels. Which is uh, the resurrection was mm-hmm. preached among the nations, which is uh, and believed on in the world, which was a great commission and was taken up to glory. Is now mm-hmm. seated at the right hand of God, where He reigns, waiting for that final moment when God brings all things together in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. So, what a wonderful little piece of you know liturgy. Uh, be reminded once again. Uh, that the early church did not have copies of the New Testament. They may have a, mm. a letter here or a scrap of a gospel mm-hmm. here, but they didn't have the New Testament the way that they did. And so there are these songs or these memorable phrases that they repeated to themselves to get to the core of the gospel, and this is certainly one of them. It has kind of a ring of the Apostles' Creed, which came about, you know, about 200 years later, 300 years after that. There you go. Yeah. But it still That's has that ring. Here is the basics of who we are in the faith. Mm -hmm. which i feel like in 16 i love that he says that that's where true godliness springs from so while you might have all these outward manifestations of what would be an appearance of godliness true godliness would be that you had a you know personal encounter with with christ yeah and and, and it's a mystery Mm -hmm. you know how we are you know how we are United in Christ in his, in his life, in his obedience, mm-hmm. in his death, in his resurrection, and in his current reign. Uh, all of those are the foundation of who we are, and all of those are the gifts that he has given to us. In his life, he obeyed, and his obedience is credited to us by faith. In his death, he died the death that we should have died, and uh, through faith, that death is reckoned mm-hmm. to us. And he's given us new life through the resurrection. And he is watching over us providentially. All the good gifts we have are because we are tied to what he has done in his life, death, resurrection, and ascension mm-hmm. you know, to the right hand of the Father. Mm-hmm. And it is a mystery how that works. But that's where true godliness comes from.
1: And then we get to get you know that glimpse between Paul and, and Timothy as, as Paul deeply loves timothy and is encouraging him as a younger mm-hmm. minister and kind of teaching him how to do this as he's gone through the so many ups and downs of his ministry and obviously i love verse 12 um mm-hmm. you know do not let anyone look down on you because you're young but man set an example for the believers in speech and conduct and love and then mm-hmm. um not just a verse that is for kids and youth group right like what a great passage mm-hmm. calling anyone in the church towards setting this example um very cool
0: and we're going to find out you know through this text by the way that about 35 is young yeah and uh, about 60 is, about young. 60 is old so we <laughs> have we have both me. yeah we have both young I and old represent that. here uh, i like you know i like verse 7 of chapter 4 have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives tales mm-hmm. Rather, train yourself to be godly, the word there, gumnos, which we get our word gymnasium from. And it has, you know, the the idea of physically training yourself to be godly. Uh, For physical training, he says, is of some value, but godliness is valuable for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. And we spend, you know, probably more time in the gym and more time, you know, uh, you know, with fashion statements and you know different things we do, paying a lot of attention to mm-hmm. how we come across mm-hmm. to people, how we look to people, you know, whether we're fit or not. And he said, "Ah, oh, that all oh, that is so trivial. Mm-hmm. The one thing that is going to transform your life and your relationships forever is, you know, this godliness, you know, from which we just talked about springs from our union, our union with Christ." It's a wonderful little section. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere, which doesn't indicate that it's going to be easy or automatic, because if you do, you'll save both yourself and your hearers. Mm. And our salvation is not just a personal matter, but it's a Mm. corporate matter as we bring others with us in Christ Jesus. Mm Heavenly Father, thank you for the mystery of godliness, and thank you for the call to godliness. And we thank you that uh, training in godliness transforms all of our relationships in every part of our life, both now and forever. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen.